This is Punk Theology. Season 2, Episode 21. Healthy Anarchy, Dismantling Groupthink. Do you ever wonder if you can create a joint robot? Even though you've got no professional training in science or math. Me too, me too, me too. This sweet punk bumper is by The Hex Dolls. This is Punk Theology the podcast. Punktheology.com. All right, we're getting into the we're getting into the topic before we're getting into the topic. I think so. So this is a topic. This is going to be a short episode. Reboot the show. <laughs> <laughs> Reboot the show. I threw all this in there. No, I think I'm a social site geek. I think this is super interesting. Um, the topic of group thing. Woomy, talk me into it. Okay, so why is this? What, we were gonna, what you and I were going to get into. What I I started the mic because I wanted to record this. This is interesting. So punk culture is sort of in its roots like an anti-group think approach to doing life and friendships and in groups even musicians no why why not because i've took i've taken my brother to a concert before that was punk and they were all dressed the exact same way (laughs) (laughs) right predictably so yeah yeah i think in the early days of punk anarchy was a big theme Mm -hmm. and i think anarchy is kind of anti-group think and it's yeah. At its base is the idea that everybody should be able to just do whatever, have whatever opinions they they want, and kind of live independently. It doesn't actually work. I think right. it is yeah. uh, is an ideal that doesn't actually exist in gotcha. the real world. Well, I think that, like what Chuck was saying. I think that <coughs> the human ego and maybe even evolutionary biology can explain some of this. That we're even though the punks get together and they dress in a way that's anti you know, countercultural, and you know, look at me, I look like a, a punk, right? Um, they can still get into group things. Uh, Henry Rollins talked about that, where you know, he started, he when he came up with the Rollins band, he was criticized by a bunch of punk rockers going, How come your songs aren't two and a half minutes long, right? Yeah, like the punks have their own sense of right, like trying to be the Secondary boss. Establishment. Let me tell you, yeah, still an establishment, exactly, yeah. So, so what? What is punk culture really, if, if not to remind the world of anarchy and, and the good, a healthy kind of anarchy? I think humanity is one of humanity's greatest survival techniques has been emulation. Mm. Hey, look! Somebody did something that worked pretty yeah. well. Yeah. The people that survived are the people that jumped on board and also did what worked pretty well. I think over a very long period of time. Uh, Humans just kind of adapted to. Hey, there's no shame in copying shit. Just yeah. Well, the other flaw is if you're not to. if you're not gonna fucking die, just do what that other guy does. Uh, the yeah. ebb and flow is that there's always people questioning whether what we're doing currently is the best way to do it. Right. And you or whether it's cool or not still. And so basically, right? what it breaks down to is you have to have you know leaders and followers. Mm-hmm. And you end up with too much leaders, too many leaders, it's a fucking disaster. It's it's as bad as too many followers. 
if you have as many people trying to be innovative and progressive and come up with new ideas all the time, I deal with it all the time in my work, where too many people with too many good ideas, uh, and there's not enough money or interest to go around. And so there's a whole bunch of little innovators trying to compete for a limited set of money, and nobody gets their project completely done or funded. Uh, because everybody's taking too little money in order to actually remove it somewhere that, where it catches momentum. I think that um, if I rewind the clock to my youth as an <laughs> angsty, angry teenager, and I was I was kind of into the hardcore scene and some metal and stuff, and there's kind of this purity, this like purest element to it. And uh, one thing that destroyed it was uh, fucking Hot Topics opening up in all the malls. Mm -hmm. Like, that, that, that is the most non-punk thing in the world, you know, because all of a sudden, like, yeah. like you know, there's suburban kids, and it's like, what? What's happening here? Yeah. Like, this is Bowling a for suit made a song about it. Like, oh, did they? Like, dickies or sweatpants. <laughs> uh, so, so there's sort of this thing that happens when everyone has access to it. It's not cool anymore. Uh, or like you're wearing a Metallica t-shirt. Metallica is a great example of, of a band that's been accused of selling out. You know, right. they, they sold out. They got into like more kind of uh, pop metal. Uh, pop metal might be a stretch, but but they certainly weren't as hard and heavy as they used to be. You right. know, they start making music that's more approachable. And you know, now 14-year-old 14, 14 girls like Metallica. You know, like the Black Album was a good album, but yeah. everyone had that album. Yeah. You know, Because those songs you could play in the radio, they weren't 14 minutes long, right? Or yeah, or eight minutes, yeah. Mm. But well, he actually had a decent voice. Not James Hetfield, I don't know. Uh, but 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 you know, it's that thing where it sort of loses its purity or something. It, it's like oh, they sold out, or oh, everyone has access to it. Then all of a sudden, it's not as cool anymore. Right. And I think that's an element of of how groupthink evolves and shifts when people kind of fall off when something loses its. Uh, but isn't there a subtle there? subtle pressure to groupthink? Oh yeah. 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 I think it's more than subtle. <laughs> Not so subtle? Yeah, I think the majority of people that's their survival instinct. Well, let's be honest, just, that's what democracy is. Yeah. We just all decide how we want the world to be and we make laws that support how we want it to be. Yeah. And some of them are super fucking shitty. Yeah. 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 But if they if the group kind of comes to a a consciousness about those things, then those laws go away. Like here in the United States, racism, for example. I mean, we had laws on the books that kept racism alive, and those, you know, disappearing. So I'd like to say they're all gone, but there's probably still some out there in some small towns. You ever visit the like, South? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh, <clears throat> to quote an artist I enjoy, justice for all is composed of the ugliest compromises. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like Kaplan. Winston Churchill, democracy is the worst form of government except for all others. Yeah. Yeah. So bring this in for me. Like, Russ, you wanted to talk about this. I love social sciences. You right. do. Yeah. But how, how is this personal for you? Is there anything? It's personal for me. Well, some of it was watching all this shit that happens in church, you know, and some churches where people are supposed to trust the pastor, for example, right? And he's supposed to be a safe place, and the church is supposed to be a safe place. And, and some of the work I've done over the last 13 years has really shown, like I'm seeing the underbelly mm -hmm. of, of some of this shit. And it's it, the hiding mm -hmm. and the image keeping on the surface. And then how, how people, not even knowing what's really going on, will protect 
the group like yeah but in it's in it i think it's built in us i think it's, it has something to do with evolutionary biology right like we grew up in groups and eventually the humans who survived were in groups because in a group you're not you're not out there like the the wounded freaking antelope yeah <laughs> it's easily eaten you need by people the need the tiger they need the illusion to work yeah and as soon as you yeah. pull the curtain back, back that illusion and that's that's the definition of of groupthink is when you change yourself or you have a a, a sense of a, a identity about where you want to go with this group or where this group is going. You think of a workplace situation, right? <coughs> There's an argument that could say that all good companies go down because of some bully-like leader who won't let other people speak into that organization. Um, there was a quote I, I sent earlier today about, like, if, if you have a meeting and everybody just agrees on everything, that's a failure. Right, as a, as a company moving forward or trying to market or whatever you're trying to do. Like, there should be some discourse. But what happens is the leader of that group, especially in a workplace situation, like that dude, he decides whether you get a paycheck or not. So we tend to hold things back in ourselves. We tend to not share when we should share when we have an issue with a group. Does that make sense? It's like democracy in China. Like Mao Zedong got 100% of the votes. He's just really good at what he does. He's a good... <laughs> Wikipedia, <laughs> good intimidator. Wikipedia says that groupthink is a psychological phenomenon that occurs within a group of people, church, in which the desire for harmony or conformity in the group results in an irrational or dysfunctional decision-making outcome. Group members try to minimize conflict and reach a consensus decision without critical evaluation or alternative viewpoints by actively suppressing dissenting viewpoints and by isolating themselves from outsider influences. Wow, so Arthur so called this. So basically, you just want to shit on churches. <laughs> no, no. Because <laughs> that's like the definition of a church. Part of it is humans <laughs> getting together and not really caring about one another, I think. Is right, but where it intersected for you was church. No, not necessarily. Gangs are a big one too. Um, I think yeah, really stories to tell. was studying church tell gang stories, Russ. <laughs> gang, gang He's stories. reading about Cookie Wilson. Yeah, I was reading about about that and how I mean people in gangs just like there's a loss of. I think there's a there's a lack of self in both churches, people that are really hyper religious, and people in gangs. Yeah, they kind of have that. I don't. I didn't have a dad, or I don't have value in my life. So being a part of this thing makes me feel like I'm valuable as a person. And if I don't have this, and if I don't protect it, even to the point of of feeling those feelings of yeah, this just doesn't sit well with me. This just isn't right. But I'm going to push that down because I need to be a part of this group. Does that make sense? Yeah. And in culturally, in history, that has more of a place than probably it does for us now. Is more kind of a postmodern age. Um, like my grandfather had gang tattoos on his hands. They were like homemade tattoos. And he, you listen to him tell stories. His older brother, Tommy, my great uncle, was in the Pachuco gang in East LA in like, in like the, uh, the 30s and 40s. And my grandpa is his younger brother. And he got beat up one day. So they put some homemade tattoos on him, so no one would fuck with him, you know. And there's it's kind of a... to get some shut eye. Whoa, Sleep Siri. Well. <laughs> so, so that concludes our program for this evening. Join us to the Google. Good night. <laughs> so there's a group thing, a group thing there that happens like for protection yeah. and 
and there's not branding no room to question like hey i'm an individual don't yeah. brand me okay well you're gonna get your ass kicked if yeah. uh if, if we don't like i'm a roman catholic or i'm a democrat or right like we we have those social brandings whether we want to admit it or not but so it's easy to shit on that but it's impossible to escape from I don't even shit on it. I just kind of accept it. Like, like it's impossible to escape branding and grouping and some level of groupthink. Like, it's easy to, to start pointing fingers, but I don't know that it's that it's possible to be a part of any social group without at some point, if you're trying, if, part of a social group that's actually trying to do anything or accomplish anything or achieve a goal without at some point somebody stepping up in some form of leadership right. and yeah. establishing a brand and a group and an identity and, uh, and these people make the decisions and these people follow. Well, so much of it is dualistic where it's always trying to define the us versus them pole. Right, because that works. <laughs> like, that's poetic. Yeah. Does it? Yeah. No, I don't think it does long term. I think that it, I mean it, it's it it, it, you're right. It works. It's it's shitty, but because you're always like trying to define things in a in a polarity system that just doesn't effectively hold all the variables, and you try to fit people into boxes, <clears throat> and then you end up with angry teenagers who you know. I think what happens is punch each other. <laughs> is everybody because they feel unheard? Is everybody that wants to start a group that doesn't do that? starts it and realizes how much fucking work it is to maintain that and realize that they can't compete sure. with anybody else that's actually, that has that dualistic mindset. Well, if you get big enough, you just become the other pole. Yeah. Right. I don't know that... Yeah, so I don't think you can really accomplish things efficiently in a system that has that much nuance in it. Um, I mean, history screams that. We are that. I think there's somebody out there listening right now going... You guys are a group! <laughs> right, yeah, absolutely. But we're not trying to accomplish much. No, exactly. <laughs> we don't have a paycheck. We're not trying to. We don't even know oh, why by the, the way, we're talking to a microphone. <laughs> become a Patreon sinner saint for the Punk Theology Podcast. So here's a perfect example of what doesn't happen when you don't have a strong leadership. A bunch of assholes talking over each other. <laughs> we, get, we do this for two years and we have almost no success whatsoever. Because uh, no, we're growing, <laughs> just very, very slowly. <laughs> right. I'm just gonna hang out. If, you're you're request, request, you know. in the cave. if we had a dualistic leadership and one of us was was telling everybody else what to do, and we were all <laughs> drinking Kool Aid, <laughs> you know, won't do what you tell me. <laughs> right. It might be more successful. Okay, yeah. I agree with you, Derek. Yeah. Fuck you. Barcode Hollow has some interesting stuff on this. And he's talked about some of his frustrations in, a, <laughs> in the realm of secular humanism and kind of like mean. looping in people that used to be religious or used to be Christian. Right. And how they long for community and how they're just kind of everyone's out there floating around. And, and let's organize people. Let's get people together. And he has some frustration around that because he's desirous of that kind of community in a secular humanist context. And I've heard him say something like, uh, yeah, everyone just kind of wants to, you know, they want community, but no one's willing to do it. And you kind of need a guy out there who, you know, he doesn't want to, like, take over everything. But, hey, this guy knows how to throw a party. And that's, he knows how to bring people together. You kind of need that guy sometimes. That shows up in my work absolutely, mm. constantly. The first thing we do when we're trying to do any type of project socially 
is find the community leader. <laughs> and you can't do anything until you find that person. Mm -hmm. And then once you have that person, everything is smooth. Yeah. It's really easy. Community organizers, yeah, it's, it's just how humanity works. It is. Like, there's one person who kind of speaks for everybody else and has his shit together, better, or his or her, more equal opportunity, shit together to be able to... <laughs> uh, uh, to be able to rally everybody and get everything to work. And uh, that's not always a pleasant idea. Yeah. But I think, but functionally... 99% of the time that's exactly how it works and that's just life well, I, sorry that's how humans do things I, I mean I remember to that point you know years ago when we were in a small group at church and we liked our community we liked our peeps and then shit hit the fan and it fell apart and, and this group you know breaks up but we still enjoyed the core group of these people and I had this thought like well we can still get together once a week and just do what we're doing but we yeah. didn't no. Yeah, because we, because the thing, the glue that held us together, i.e. the you know the sermon, the, the church guy talking, that's the glue that held us together. And it's weird. Like when that went away, we didn't have a reason to get together. It's like I would I would have thought in my mind like we enjoy each other. That's why we get together. Right. But we other people didn't do that. Yeah. So yeah, we're not going to keep getting together if we stop recording. No. The, we no. Well, I I would. That'd be an interesting experiment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just come to hang out. You're off. If you yeah, this is our last episode. <laughs> I just come to hang out. <laughs> if you want to record it, fine, but it's, it's a free-flowing conversation. Email us and ask us if we're still friends in six months. Yeah. The punk experiment. The Milgram experiment. Hit subscribe. I talked about that. That was fascinating. I think that, so what you're talking about, Derek, reminded me of that Milgram experiment because, so people will do that. They will find the community guy and they'll listen to that guy and that guy will set up the thing and we're going to do the thing. But if the thing is really fucked up, a lot of times people won't stand up against that guy, right? Usually like that's, what happens, that's human nature. That's too. not usually what happens. What usually happens is it starts awesome. Yeah. And then it becomes fucked up. <laughs> very rarely do people join something that's initially fucked up. And honestly, very rarely does a community leader start in a position where he's going to be like, I'm going to fuck everybody over. Yeah. It Never usually evolves, and over right. 10, 15 years, that was kind of like, I'm thinking about starting that church. <laughs> so true. <laughs> it's just L. Ron Hubbard it. That's, that's yeah. the model. That right thing's still going. <laughs> but the Milgram experiment oh, started out that. like They're going to fucking sue me. <laughs> so <listen. laughs> yeah, yeah, because we have enough uh, spread on the internet that they'll find us. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, They're bots. Dianetics, man. Um... So the Milgram experiment started out like that. It started out with, we're going to fuck with people. And then it became the, the Stanford experiment. There's actually a movie about it. It's on Netflix called The Stanford Experiment, which is a play off the Milgram experiment. So the Milgram experiment starts out like this. You get the, These researchers bring in two groups of people. One group is the, uh, the, the authoritarians, and the other group is the people that need to be, that are taking tests and need to learn things, right? So... The authoritarians are told that what we're going to do is we're testing, we're testing the ability to uh, put punishment on people as a way to teach people stuff. Like we think that we can get people to learn faster if we give them a shock when they get a wrong answer. And if, if that helps people, that's what we're trying to do. That wasn't what the experiment was. The experiment was to see how fucked up and evil people will be to each other. That's what the experiment really was. So... 
they thought the researchers thought in the beginning that only one percent of the of the people being researched would go through with this, but it turned out to be something like fifty percent. Hmm. And what they did was was they had a, a scale of shocks that went from like you know fifty amps to four hundred and fifty volts, which is lethal. And so the person they would ask them a series of questions, and, and they would get one wrong. And the guy with the white coat in the background would say, okay, give him the first shock. And they give him the first shock. And they, you wouldn't hear anything until you got about a quarter of the way through the experiment. And then the, they would get a wrong answer. And the person who was the, the authoritarian, you know, saying, okay, well, I have to give you a shock, buddy. And he would, er, and he'd hear the person. He'd hear him on the other end going, ah, right? Like he'd hear the pain. And it, the pain got progressively worse. And so the people doing the... The hitting the button, right? Flipping all these switches. There's a if you think of a line of switches, they're hitting the switch. They're hearing the guy scream, and half only half of them said, "No, this is fucked up. I'm not doing this anymore. Like this is not cool. We shouldn't be doing this. I'm out." Well, you won't get paid. Keep. That's the only thing they would say to you. Like every time someone was having they a hard time, they didn't say you wouldn't it, get paid. They didn't say you wouldn't they get paid. They said, "Continue the experiment." Yeah, that's yeah. what they said. Continue the experiment. They were told in the beginning, though, that there would be, you know, it's really important that we finish this work. You know? um, but, yeah, most people, or half of the people, went ahead all the way up to 450 volts, hearing the other person on the other side. Yeah. Reeling in pain and going, uh, yeah, here we go. Because <laughs> you're a pack animal. Just because some asshole in a fucking white coat is sitting there telling you to. It legitimizes it. And that's the only thing he said, too. It Just continue the experiment. Just continue the experiment. Those that fifty percent of the population, can you get them to think for themselves? Yeah. Can you condition them? Exactly. Can you put them in an well, environment? Well, here's the reason they didn't think for themselves, though. The person telling them to continue the experiment was standing there in a lab coat with a clipboard. Right. Yeah. They they were so they were wearing the clothes of authority in the environment the person was in. So how much of that is environmental, and how much of that is just an innate thing? Yeah. Well, again, it, it was a combination of the two. Right. I think they, they postured amazing. with authority. And right. then, and then people responded the way. That but that's they did. my point. Like, is that something that can be trained out of people, or is that something that just exists? Is it possible? Yeah. Is it positive to train it out of people? Is it what? Is it positive is it to train right. it out right. of people? That's I another mean, good question. What the Maybe. fuck do we teach kids in kindergarten? We teach them how to stand in a line. Right. Yes. And yeah. wait their turn. That's the definition yeah. of of civilization in many respects is the ability to do what you're told and follow the rules. I go to assemblies yeah. at my kids' school, I'm blown away they still do the Pledge of Allegiance. That just blows my mind. That seems so antiquated to me. But they do. Stand really? Up. Yeah. It seems I weird. Didn't know that. I think they didn't for a while, but then some kind of parents that wanted it complained and then they started doing it again. But anyway, it, I thought it was just bizarre. I don't I know. know that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's that was what I kind of wanted to highlight with this conversation is is there's there's a healthy kind of anarchy and we're not as humans I think our monkey brains are not used to bucking authority like we're we should be but we're not and when when authority is wrong or fucked up we tend to just kind of toe the line and and harm other people you know well that's why I've been asked that when it comes to church, because just because that's kind of some of the work I've done. Um, why do people do it? Because some authority figure says that you should. That's why. I, I mean, I think that 
people will go with the status quo until they really start becoming uncomfortable <coughs> or you know something really starts to endanger them I mean I can be concerned about the economy or you know who my congressman is or whatever vote get involved <coughs> but I mean if uh, if my kids are hungry or uh, or, or like you know we're cold or that's where it's like all right this is important now so you have my attention but it's usually not into that point that you really have people's attention you have to it, people have to suffer a little bit right and that's but, the stanford experiment that goes into the group think part of it because in the milgram experiment it's just individuals hitting the button in the stanford experiment you had groups of guards and you had these other people volunteering to be prisoners and they said you can't hit them you can't hurt them you can't harm them and, you know, by week three or whatever it is, they're freaking Billy like clubbing them and shit. Three days. The experiment yeah. didn't even Yeah, finish. it didn't even finish. Yeah. That brilliant. just shows how fucked up people are. Like, <laughs> you ask me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it's not. I think it's, that's the that's the, our, our ego does that shit. It's because our ego sin. does that shit. Oh, it's survival. It's sin. It's survival. That's right. That's a fucking... New Orleans when it flooded. Like, Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. People get hungry. There are no more rules. Fuck that shit. Anarchy. That's anarchy. No, that's negative anarchy. I'm talking about <laughs> healthy anarchy. That's healthy anarchy. You can't steer it. They're, they're trying to survive. Yeah, survival. Yeah. There is no more healthy than survival. Be right. That is the definition of health. You're still breathing. No, your heart is still pumping. Dude. Man's search for meaning. Viktor Frankl. That whole book is no. About when you're in survival mode, you're an animal. You're not no, thinking. You're not thinking about meaning when you want to eat or when Lord you're hungry. Flies, Lord, that's primal Frankel. shit. Have, have you read that book? I read Frankel. Frankel. Yeah, absolutely. Man's search for meaning. Yeah, absolutely. He was in a freaking Auschwitz, man. He, if, if anybody saw starvation and people, you know, and that was his argument. And that whole book was when people are brought down to that animal level, some of them don't. Some of them don't go to that place. But he had no agency. He was broken. And or, or they were well, broken. That was the, they, they, that they, was the experiment. That's as different, far as he, saw he has no agency. He didn't when you're starving it. and you have agency, you make choices. No, you die. No. Well, if you have agency. But what is agency? The, you, to fight the, the ability, guard? The ability to make your own decisions that can change your situation. You're not right. malnourished, emaciated. When, you, when you're in a concentration prisons. camp, you have no agency to change your situation whatsoever. They had all the power. That's the first thing it's the longest shot of all long shots. It's the power, right? yeah. yeah. But, but then in, you go, in, in New Orleans, yes. you had agency. Yeah. You could go steal from your neighbor. The bigger and stronger <laughs> and you have agency. Yeah. 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 The more guns yeah. you have, the, yeah. the search for meaning was set aside. Search for a full belly. I think the search for meaning in... in in his book, he's, he's talking about faith, right? I like Frankel, by the way. I just where you put your you know. faith because everyone's going to search for meaning. Everyone's going to try and find meaning. A lot of I think his good stuff is emphasizing meaning over happiness. You know, like that's yeah. really where like life has its uh, well, its meaning, or or, or 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 man should really seek out meaning instead of happiness or pleasure. You know, that's I think important. And he had some good stuff there, but. We talk about survival anarchy, though. Right. Or like Rollins would put it, the, the zombie drive. Right? Mm -hmm. That people have, not even not even in a place where their their lives are threatened. Like some people just have zombie drive to work on fucking Wall Street or something. Right? Yeah, I think that comes down to some type of, some type of misguided survival instinct. Yeah, a lack of self. I don't know. I think it's just like, like that survival instinct got kicked in in a weird direction, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden it's focused on like it, it just doesn't work right anymore. All right. Um, where it just doesn't—they can't turn it off. 
Like that, that I think it's sur- more they can't turn it off. That survival drive is just constantly going. I had a, a conversation with a guy today. Actually, I told him I, about the podcast. People ask what I do and stuff. And, what do you do besides drive lifts? I go, well, I'm doing a podcast tonight. I'm recording with my friends, right? But this guy was a tugboat operator, so he was getting ready to go to Anchorage. And I was talk- I was said we were planning on talking about <coughs> groupthink. And he goes, oh, he goes, our crew does... Uh, does these exercises that tries to break groupthink. Hmm. And I go, wow, that's really interesting. He goes, yeah, when there's an emergency in a boat. That's true. That's a bad Because people, <laughs> yeah, people go into survival mode, and it's usually a panic kind of mode. Yeah. And it's usually, I'm going to save me, you yeah. motherfucker. <clears throat> and so they have to be trained every time they, go, not every time they go out, but when it's a long, they were going on this long trek from Seattle to Anchorage and back with another load. But they, they have to sit there and run through a scenario where I'm not monkey brain me trying to save myself. Like right. I'm part of a team and we're gonna survive because we can do this together as a as a as a So you're elevating people. them, but unfortunately that's part of group thing too because they're told to do it by the <laughs> Same reason when you go on a cruise. Right. You have to put on your life jacket. Yeah, you have to go to your mustard station, put on your life jacket and go through the process because you're well, I think that even in that situation, yeah, <laughs> right. But even in a, a government situation, like at war, where you get somebody who's just, we're just going to run in there and fire away, right? Like that guy might be misguided, but people will follow him because he's suicidal or whatever. He ranks higher or something like that. Military is probably a bad example <laughs> of groupthink because they're supposed to trust their. Military is a great example of group thing. Yeah, that's look, a look at Germany. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, that's the entire goal. Right? If you're an anarchist in the, in the military, you're you're not in the military. You're, going to you're jail. not. You're <laughs> not there. Yeah. Yeah. Prisons. You either that. stop being an anarchist or you get kicked out. Yeah. yeah exactly. It happens pretty quickly. It's too. happened over. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. Yes. So, are there any other ways you were interacting with group think in a church aspect? Because you, you said that's where it hit you a little bit. What do you have any? Um, what people put their faith in, you know, how people find meaning. I think. Well, the, the group think reinforces the legitimacy of the yeah, meaning of yeah, the thing. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Mars Hill. I was just reading about this today. I'm, I'm reading a book on religious trauma syndrome. It's actually like really good. Um, Marlene Winall is the author. If anyone's interested, but. Um, she's a psychologist and she goes into all this stuff with people that have religious trauma and one thing that's used she doesn't call it groupthink but it is it is groupthink essentially is is when you have a, an experience and it's emotional and you look around and other people are having the same emotional experience and it's you know, the music is a certain kind of melody a certain kind of tempo and, and you know maybe you heard like a like a sermon and and, the, and then they turn down the music and you know is, is the Lord calling you to repent and, and it, it causes you to go inward and but then you look outward and other people are having this experience and okay well gosh they must be feeling something and well maybe I'm feeling something and it just kind of takes it catches fire a little bit right. you know and it, it, it legitimizes it Mars Hill where Driscoll be up there screaming murder talking about abortion or something like that and you could just feel the room just felt icky fucking gross and Shaming all the women there that have yeah. had them, or yeah. So is there group think within the family? 
Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> we had a that's like daughter. That's probably, generally probably a good thing. That's <laughs> <laughs> don't don't let the three year old do whatever the fuck they want. No. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you guys will you guys will find us when your kids are in their twenties and they start thinking outside of how you yeah. thought. Yeah. And how you you're faced with that opportunity or that that moment where they say I don't believe this. Yeah. What do you do? When that's the belief that you've been. And my daughter and son-in-law and I had lunch Sunday. And it was interesting because she said, Dad, I'm really struggling. I, I don't, I cannot understand a God who who hates us. That's good. And I said, that's what I told her. I said, you guys have really helped me on that. I said, I understand that. But your kids will come to you. And I've got, I've got a left and a right, two daughters, left and right and to sit in the room with them and listen and accept and validate their opinions because they're thinking of for themselves. Yeah. For me, that's my, my goal for them, to step outside the group think of the family and say, what do you think? How are you, are you, are you up to critical thinking? I, and I can accept whatever your thought is as long as it's thinking. I parent my kids in such a way where I, I'm, I don't want to indoctrinate them. I want them to have experiences, and I want them to make their own choices. And there's pros and cons to that, actually. Yeah, it is. is you know, I, I kind of wade my way through the, uh, I, I, I don't know, the kind of left of center parenting and all that implies. I mean, I believe in discipline and structure, but it's nowhere near what it was when I was like the uh, fire-breathing Calvinist yes, that, that I was uh, in my late twenties. You yeah. know, it's just not. It's just not that. Too. You I know, just end up driving my kids farther away. My 12-year-old my kid, man, I love my son, but he's fucking pubing out like he is. Testosterone just coursing through that kid. <laughs> and like he, he makes these shrieks and these noises. I'm like, Max, take it down, man. You're loud. And, and he gets pissed. He gets so pissed at me. And like I hear him mumble under his breath like, like, shut up. I'm like, what did you say to me? <laughs> But but yet in my mind it's like God, what am I gonna do? Like I'm not gonna spank him, right, but right. but you know, and pretty soon he's gonna be able to beat me up. <laughs> so it's like, what, you know, what kind of leverage do I have here? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so I think it's in relationships and conversations and yes. trying to cool each other's tempers down. <laughs> well, that was one of the things that, that we said a couple of weeks ago. That's why I beat my you know, we should beat him. We should uh, <laughs> early psychological send my therapy bill to my dad. Oh yeah, <laughs> Chuck said that. <laughs> But to yeah, therapy told them my mom. Shit. <laughs> my kids are going to send me their therapy bill. Right? That's the scary We're all going to fuck up our kids. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. we try to do is the, the, the least amount of damage. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and yeah, I think, you know, I think honestly that's what, I think my dad tried to do the least amount of damage he could do. Yeah. And he did less damage than his dad or his mom did to him. Yeah. I've been doing a lot of thinking about that. I don't know that that's necessarily the goal. To be no, I so think trying to lay the on. No, I think it shouldn't be either. I think the goal should be to always be willing to walk with them through their damage. Yeah, that's good. So, so trying to anticipate what their damage is going to be is probably going to cause more damage, and it's probably going to cause unanticipated. Damage. A little paranoia. Yeah, it's going to cause trying to anticipate what their damage is going to be is going to cause unanticipated damage, and then you're going to get surprised. Because you thought that you anticipated right. what, how they're going to be damaged. And I think the more important thing is just to be constantly available and there 
as their damage comes up because it is and just have an awareness it's probably going to surprise you okay because there's no way for you to really know how it's how some of those things are going to break and what sticks and what doesn't stick mm-hmm. and just being available to sit there when they're damaged and say okay let's figure this out and yeah i'm responsible for a good part of that but but uh let's work together just to figure out how to iron that out i think in general that tends to be where i feel my relationship with my parents miss misses more is there is their availability now to walk through some of that mm. stuff as opposed to like the damage that happened like if it had if i hadn't broken the way i did i probably would have broken a different direction yeah, yeah. Like, i got gotcha. you um yeah so and that and you know it's easy to think if i was raised this way then i would have turned out like this right, but you would have some other way so, yeah some other so way so, yeah something else yeah something else <laughs> something else yeah and, and mostly what i miss i think is is the participation in yeah. the healing process and so yeah so again i don't know what the goal is to not fuck them up i think the goal is to just maintain the relationship and deal with damage as it comes that's up. good yeah i heard a psychologist say that about parenting that somewhere around the age of 10 you're done parenting 14 is the age 14 is it yeah but go I don't on. know. I think maybe he's getting lower now. <laughs> I don't know. We have the internet now, so they're ten year olds growing up fast. Still. Fourteen, I don't know. But yeah, you're you're done. You're done being the authority figure. Now you have to persuade and influence. Yes. Well, that's why there's the bar mitzvah and the bar mitzvah. Yeah. You're a you're man. Band, you're man. thirteen you're years old. Yeah. You're a man. I can't talk to you the same way I used to talk. That's to why you. I beat yeah. my kids off. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well you're a Jewish man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, who else has bar mitzvahs? Bar mitzvahs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were making a comment about his beard. No, I was referring to the reference. <laughs> so, Russ, can you wrap it up for us? Yeah, oh, staying in the room with difference. Oh, dude. So you guys were that, that was kind of a triggery thing. <laughs> but I think that that is one of those things that breaks groupthink. Those three practices that Jim Anderson talks about. That is it's something that. It, <laughs> well, if I if I sit in this room, I realize that not everyone thinks like me. That's not groupthink because, well, it is, but it's it's more healthy because the, the authoritarian in that group doesn't want people in the group that doesn't that don't think like him. If you think like Mark Driscoll, for example, in the back rooms, and we all heard those stories where he's like bullying, and screaming at people. He, he didn't sit in the room with difference. He didn't want people to have their own mind and their own opinion, their own theology. I agree, I, but when I make it personal, and I think I've said this to you before, I never got a big boner for staying in a room with difference. Right, but why? Because I would. what's important to me is staying in a room with relationships. Like, that's more important. And those relationships... Well, people agree with you? No. No. You don't agree with me. I love you. <laughs> that's it's, it's, true. It's, it's, so we did the same thing. We don't always no, agree. No, because what's... We agree more than... What I value is relationships. Right. right. And so yeah. that's what I'm going to pursue. And if you have a difference of opinion, that's not the... You but know, isn't that part of the... What holds us together is our mutual affection for one right. another. We're, but when, when I disagree. think about staying in a room with difference... Difference isn't enough to be a reason to stay in Yeah, in and of itself, right? right? right. Like, right. my time is too finite and too valuable <laughs> to fucking go have breakfast with neo-Nazis. I'd rather have breakfast with Derek and Chuck. Right. <laughs> I'd like to have breakfast with you. Like you me. would? Yeah. You guys are weird. No, no, with you. <laughs> with me? I'm... Yeah, I'd like to have breakfast with you. <laughs> I actually probably have to have breakfast with a neo-Nazi. I'd rather have breakfast with you, Steve. But well, I would rather have breakfast with you. But you know what I'm talking about, though? I do 
do. Time is I valuable do. and finite. I do. So I want to invest it in relationships yes. instead of just assholes. Because, uh, that yeah. I, no, the, that the, makes... only, the only thing <clears throat> that is we disagree, there's no relationship no, there. Sense. There's, there's no, lots of people that. that are very different from me that I have no interest in right. at all. Like, there's just not anything about them that they, makes me want to investigate. Right. But I, I do get what Henderson's doing, though, in a way. I, I get it because I, I think, and we've talked to him before, what's underneath it is when you sit across from someone and you see them as a human, you start yeah. to see their story. You it's start humanizing. To, it's a humanizing it's thing. Yeah, yeah like, even a Nazi could be, yeah. like, humanized. Right. And that's his intention. That's being more goal. curious, using questions to yeah. pull out of someone instead of, I'm right, you're wrong. So, so I'm, I'm not trying to, to I'm not trying to totally shit on it, right. by the way. But but just no, that for, makes sense for my value. Going in, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. it's a basic like step that. to try and break people out of dualistic things. Yeah, yeah. that's all it is. Yeah. 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 The, well, I was just gonna say that if you don't agree with us, please write. <laughs> we're, telling you, to, the we're telling you we're telling you you have to write at, uh, but the other practice is uh, being over unusually curious in your ideological opponent rather than trying to be right and then the last one is not measuring my best against your worst well Derek had something like that what was it it was kind of like that like, like when you disagree with somebody on a topic think of the best parts of their oh, yeah so it's, it's called the charitable yeah no the shit I don't remember you're giving ground Basically, yeah. When someone makes an argument, there's all when somebody makes an argument, there's always multiple ways to interpret that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's making the decision to interpret it the most favorably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're yeah. in that argument. The most favorable parts of their argument, which is the opposite with. of politics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> politics is finding the worst possible inter- interpretation of what somebody said and running with that one. But that's not working. I think that's a big issue with our country. It's all fucked up because people can't stay in the room with difference. Well, and, and come in and create policy. It is what sells. It, it's not the politics; it's the news. It's, it's how you rich. It's how you make money. It's endorphins. It's endorphins. Yeah, get people outraged. Gotta be on my side. We need Howard it. Schultz to bring us together. Howard, <laughs> 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 warm cup of coffee. I speak, picture him as like Tweek's dad, like going on some like little tempo monologue about the, <laughs> the beauties of the Northwest and how. How oh, nice it is man. to have a nice warm cup of coffee. We used to have a fucking basketball team, motherfucker. Still <laughs> mad about that. Still bitter. We're going to have a hockey team soon. Yes, we're going to have a hockey I'm glad we don't have a basketball team. Hockey's better. Uh, I miss the Sonics. I miss Was the it Sonics. Darren yeah. Fleshman has that hilarious t-shirt, like... Seattle Supersonics haven't lost a game since 1998 <laughs> yeah. or something. Like, whatever year they broke up. Undefeated since 1998. Yeah. 2000 or whatever year it was. It's so eight. funny. I think it was 2008. They haven't lost a game right. since 2008. Undefeated. I remember because Kevin Durant, was his rookie year was with the Sonics. Yep. And that was in Why are we recording? Fascinating. What the fuck? It's a sports talk. Arthur, we we did a sports episode and it failed miserably. Yeah, no, so, didn't. This just like this episode, it. well, it's just banter. We're finishing. We're done. Yeah. And hit check. And uh, hey, hit subscribe as Chuck hits the uh, Ladies and gentlemen, Elvis has left the building. That's a huge bitch. Thanks for listening to Punkology. Don't forget to subscribe, like to join us in having more ears hear this punk sound. Please leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you may hear this fucking podcast. Punk Theology is the property of Digital Audio Project, a limited liability corporation, who is responsible for its content. Don't chicken out! First of all, I plead innocent of all charges.
This disc contains CD-ROM data and is not for audio use. Please press stop on your disc player now.